Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. This month we are talking about setting your GPS. And so far this month we've, we've already dug into it. Um, first was very obvious, we need to intentionally determine where we want to go uh, if we want to get there. Uh, the second thing we determine is that if we want to get there, then we cannot risk getting distracted. It's not worth the risk. It causes all kinds of problems. It may be a bump in the road. It may be just something that makes it longer or harder, or it may keep us from the destination entirely. But we need to make sure that we do not get distracted on the course of getting to where God wants us to go. Well, today, we need to discuss the actual how do you do that then? How do you stay on track? Say you've determined that you want to do some work on your family and you want your family relationships with your kids or with your spouse to improve. How do you stay on course? How do you actually see that come about? What are you supposed to do that you don't get distracted and you actually stay on the path you're supposed to stay on? Maybe you've decided that you want to be free from your addiction, you want to have a healthy marriage, you want to have faithful kids, you want to have financial peace. You want to have freedom. You want restored relationships. You've decided that you want to be comfortable in your own skin. You want to get to the place where you can forgive an enemy. Or maybe you've just determined that you really just need to follow Jesus. And you've thought about it and you've determined that's really what God is calling you to and you, you, you have looked at it and you're trying to get rid of some of the distractions and get those things out of the way so you don't get turned to the right or to the left and you stay on your path. But how do you actually stay on course? Because we all know that life is not smooth, is it? And there's always things being thrown at us, and as much as we can actively get rid of some of the distractions, there's always things coming at us from the left and from the right. You can be the best driver, you can make sure that your phone's off, you don't have the radio playing, you don't have a burger or coffee, and you are focused on your driving, and then some crazy lady from the left side cuts you off. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's not always a lady. Sometimes it's an old man. (laughs) Or somebody that's been looking at their phone, right? And it doesn't matter how good you are at driving, that comes at you. What are you supposed to do? And so there's more to this than just avoiding the distractions. Because there are circumstances and situations that come at us in life that can potentially throw us off the path completely. Well, there are two examples in the Old Testament that I want to pull from to give us some guidance here. The first one is a guy named Joseph. And Joseph was one of Jacob's sons. Jacob eventually was known as Israel, and he was the father of the nation of Israel. It was through his kids that the nation of Israel became a thing. And Joseph was one of his sons. 
And Joseph was the youngest. At, 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 when he was at home, he was the youngest of them. And then he was also the favorite of them. And Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other sons. And his other sons got jealous. They were frustrated with him. And so they actually threw him into a well and sold him into slavery. And when they sold him into slavery, he ended up in Egypt where he was working for this man and his house. And he did such a good job working at his house that he put him in charge of the entire house. And then this guy's wife realized just how drop-dead gorgeous Joseph was. And she said, I want me a little bit of that hunk. (laughs) Verbatim, that's actually what she said in English 6,000 years ago. Not true, not true. But she said something along those lines. She took a look at Joseph and said, Mmm, I want that. And she actively tried to seduce him. Actively. Multiple times. And at one point, she grabbed hold of Joseph and said, come on, come to bed with me. She was was very subtle. (laughs) And he was so committed that he actually just ran away. This is what it says in in Genesis chapter 39, starting verse 6. It says, So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. You thought I was joking about that. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her. Or even be with her. Well, when Joseph ran away from her, she got kind of embarrassed and frustrated and angry. And so she decided that she would lie to her husband. And say that Joseph had tried to seduce her. And so he believed her and sent Joseph away to prison. Wrongly accused, he ended up in prison and he was there for years. And while he was there, he did such a good job being a model prisoner that he actually got in charge, got put in charge of other prisoners. And then while he was there, there were a couple other inmates that he was able to tell them what their dreams meant. And when one of them finally was freed from prison, he was forgotten about and left in prison even longer. But he never stopped doing what the Lord called him to do. And one day, Pharaoh ended up calling for Joseph to interpret a dream. And from that, Joseph ended up being second in command of all of Egypt. And to make a long story short, he ends up reuniting with his brothers, saving them from starvation, and saving the entire known world from starvation 
and he moves his entire family to Egypt so that they can be provided for. The other man I want to focus on is Daniel. Now Daniel lived much later than Joseph. And Daniel was a young man in Israel. And uh, there was a, another nation, the Babylonians, they came in and they conquered Israel and they captured a lot of the young men and took them as slaves back to their home country and were training them in their language and their customs so that they could be useful in that culture. And so he's there and he's in prison and he's given all these all these resources so that he can be stronger and he can be smarter and he can be useful to the people. And one time he is given all this food that is against his Israelite beliefs to eat. And Daniel, this is what it says in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 that we already read today. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Well, he gets permission, and, and the, the official is like, oh, this, is a, this is a, I don't know about this, because if you don't end up being healthy and strong, we're either going to get rid of you, or my boss is going to get mad at me because you're not useful to him. And he's like, no, I can't do what God is calling me not to do. I have to follow his path. And what ends up happening is he ends up being healthier than all the rest. He ends up being smarter than all the rest. And he ends up working his way up through the ranks until he's in a high level of power and influence in this foreign nation. Well, eventually, some people in that culture get jealous of Daniel. And they realize that he has all this incredible authority and power. And so they trick the king into coming up with a law that would make it illegal for Daniel to pray to God. And so the easy thing to do would be just to stop praying to God and avoid getting arrested or accused or attacked. And Daniel said, no, I have to be praying to my God. And of course, the officials knew, these other people, they knew that Daniel would be like that, and so they, they take him and they arrest him, and they throw him into a den of lions. And they leave him there all night, assuming that it would take all night for the lions to really pick the bones clean. And the next morning, the king comes to the den of lions and is seeking to see if Daniel has survived or not. And he finds that Daniel has actually survived. This is what it says in Daniel chapter 6, verses 21 to 23. Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent His angel and He shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in His sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, Your Majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, 
No wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. What do we learn from all this? What do we learn from these two men? Both Joseph and Daniel had as their priorities that they would live in a healthy relationship with God and they would follow His rules all the time. Joseph refused to sin. He followed God's rules even when people were attacking him and accusing him. And it looked like the rules weren't working because he kept ending up in prison or in a well or, or sold into slavery. He refused to sin. And he had a healthy enough relationship with God that he could actually hear him speak. That's how he was able to d- interpret dreams. It wasn't that Joseph was really smart and he just had the capacity to interpret dreams. No, he had such a healthy relationship with God while in prison, and it seemed like he was abandoned by God. He had such a clear connection with God that he, God would speak to him and he could hear God tell him what other people's dreams meant. Daniel refused to sin. He wouldn't eat what he wasn't supposed to, and he always prayed even when it was illegal. And Daniel had such a healthy prayer life and relationship with God that he was willing to face literal lions. So this is This is our guide for today. How do you stay on track? If you're healthy and you follow the rules, God's rules, you can make it through anything. If you're healthy and you follow the rules, you can make it through anything. Let me give you the illustration, the road illustration. We're using the road illustration, the GPS thing here this month. Imagine you are driving. There are two basic Keys to being on the road safely. The first one is that your car needs to be safe. If your alignment's off, that's going to cause problems. If something's falling off your car, that's going to cause problems. If the steering column's broken, if if a brake is sticking, if one of your tires is flat, any of those things and multiple other issues, if your car is not in good condition, that's going to cause problems. But if your car is well-maintained, then you're already set up to do well. But beside that, you also have to follow the rules of the road. The rules of the road are there designed to keep you on the right path in the right place to avoid all the chaos, avoid all the problems, and to get you through problems. When you start to ignore the rules of the road, that's when issues start happening. That's when an accident happens and then you don't know how to do it. Actually, that's sometimes what causes the accidents. But if you know the rules of the road, and you're following the rules of the road, and your vehicle is in good condition, then you are set up to navigate almost any set of circumstances that come your way. It allows you to stay safe during bad weather, quickly navigate detours, avoid accidents, get around dumb and bad drivers. And it allows you to navigate course corrections and rough terrain. 
in life, what making sure we have a healthy relationship with God and that we follow His rules, what that does for us is that it allows us to get through hard times. Sometimes extended periods of hard times. You will avoid getting torn down and thrown off by stupid, frustrating, obstinate people that come, come across your path. You'll find that you will get back on track quicker after a mess. You'll find your way through when other people change things on you or fail you. You'll be able to stay on track when crisis comes up and family and money or health all fall apart. You'll be able to endure when temptation comes. If you stay healthy, you have a healthy relationship with God, and you are committed to doing it His way, following His rules, like Joseph, like Daniel, in those extreme set of circumstances, And I hope that none of you get thrown into a well and sold into slavery. And I hope none of you get falsely accused and thrown into prison. And I hope none of you end up taken into a foreign nation and trained to be a servant to that foreign nation. And I hope that none of you end up facing a law that says that if you pray to God, you will be thrown into a den of lions. I hope that none of you face those things. But we see that men who have gone through that when they had a healthy relationship with God and they determined that they would follow His rules, they were able to get through those things and end up exactly where God wanted them to be. So, what do we need to do? Two things. Get a healthy relationship with God and follow His rules. If you do that, you can make it through anything. A healthy relationship with God is, is built on spending time with Him. Reading His Word. This is, this is God's message to you. You want to hear God speak? You start by reading this because this is His words written to you. You should be joining a small group. If there's not a small group that's available to you or that, that meets when you're available, then you talk to us, you talk to me, you mention it to one of the people in the back with the red shirts. You say, I want to be part of a small group, but I'm not sure what's available. I don't know where to sign up. I don't know if there's one that, that fits my schedule, and we will work, and we will do our best to get you connected. You need to invest in spending time in prayer. And of course, you need to be living in a committed relationship with Christ where you have decided to follow Him and that He is your King. You need to follow His rules. That means following the obvious rules in the Bible like don't punch people in the face. That's in Moses 4.19. That's not true. That's not true. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Be filled with gratitude and not covetous. 
You need to follow the subtle commands. You need to listen and follow His instructions. When He speaks to you during your prayer times and He says, go nail, put a nail on the cross, go talk to that person, change jobs. Don't spend your money on that thing. Go talk to that person. Go apologize to that family member. We need to confess our sins. We need to forgive others. We need to follow the Ten Commandments. We need to give generously. We need to love our enemies. We need to worship God only. Healthy relationship with God. Follow His rules. Well-maintained vehicle. The rules of the road. If you do those two things, like Daniel and Joseph, you can make it through anything. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. <laughs>